Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And I don't think I realized until our conversation today, Lisa Jo, just how connected my soul is to my calendar and even to my boxes of seasonal holiday decor. (laughs) It turns out I can't live a Hallmark life. I know, Christy, I'm so grateful that Christ, as always, is reframing how we see, whether it's our stories or ourselves or our apparent lack. He's always modeling a kind of more that you have to have his his eyes to see. So this week, we hope you're encouraged by our conversation about how not to be held hostage by Hallmark. Get comfy, friends. Here we go. Christy, I don't know if you remember this about me, but about three years ago, I flew out to Los Angeles when I was promoting one of my most recent books that had come out. And I was really excited because I got invited to be on the Hallmark Home and Family TV channel for an interview about the book, which is really special. I was geeked out like on every level. Like I took pictures of the trailer that had my name on it, even though I was in it for like 30 seconds, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And then there's the set and you're in this beautiful space and there are all these incredibly kind, warm people. But what struck me is it is designed, these spaces are designed so that anywhere the camera's eye goes, it's going to be a beautiful shot that's framed perfectly. So the house that we were filming in, and it really is a house. Like oh. It's a set, but it's a house. Okay. So you would love it. And they're all different parts. There's the kitchen. There's the living room set. There's the um, you know, garden set. But when you sit down, you realize they're, you're surrounded by cameras but there's no bad view for the camera's eye to fall, which means by necessity, every square inch of that space is covered in some kind of, if it's the Christmas season, fairy lights, or if it's the holidays, pumpkins or leaves, or if it's summertime, flowers. It is an assault on the senses in a very beautiful way, but that I thought about afterwards is unsustainable if you were to try and live in that house. Right. Which feels why it's the perfect place to begin a conversation about how this holiday season, dear listeners, do not let yourselves be held hostage by Hallmark or their beautiful, beautiful movies or pictures or stores because real people, if they were trying to live in that house, would not be able to breathe, in my opinion. <laughs> so, full disclosure, Lisa Joe, I I'm not sure if I've ever actually seen a Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> really? Like but, not even in passing, like playing in the background well, on the I TV. I am fully aware, of, I, I believe, of the aesthetic. What you are describing, I can see it. I do think I have seen maybe with my daughter, some sort of knockoff, lesser brand versions of what (laughs) Hallmark does. So I do think I've seen that. Um, Maybe it's because I don't, like, I don't have cable. I don't know. I don't have that streaming channel. And I think I just maybe purposefully have sort of stayed away. Um, Actually, funny story, my sister, one of my sisters who loves 
well, actually, lots of women in my family love Hallmark movies. And um, I do remember watching not, they didn't used to be just Christmas ones, but I remember watching some, they would have these Hallmark specials on like network TV growing up. So the women in my family, we've always loved that. And I have one sister who one year, I might be about to say she did something illegal. I'm not sure, but she subscribed to a special like streaming service to get all the Hallmark Christmas movies. Right. And she shared the logins with. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> with us. <laughs> So I actually made the attempt. I was like, I will try to do this thing. People are always talking about Hallmark Christmas movies. But maybe um, Hallmark was smarter than us because the logins never worked for me. Like it would be glitchy and it wouldn't, you know. So I tried. I did try. Yeah. (laughs) I made an effort. But um, maybe my version is, you know, I am very inspired by, you know, any like Christmas art, Christmas decor, Christmas books, Christmas, I mean, I am not usually a more is more person, but when it comes to Christmas, like that is a hard impulse for me to resist. I mean, if one strand of fairy lights and twinkle lights is great, why not (laughs) 20 in every room? (laughs) I feel that tug for sure. Do you have a favorite Hallmark Christmas movie? I know now we're saying like the positive. We're going to get to how not to be hijacked. But like, is there one you love? You know, I, I enjoy the experience of watching the movie more than the movies, I think. So for me, I love that it signals now is your excuse, your valid opportunity to sit down on the couch with your daughter in comfy pajamas and make hot chocolate with way too many marshmallows and snuggle under the blankets and watch the movie. And unfortunately, Zoe has a bit of a caustic sense of humor she must have got from me. Oh, no. <laughs> she prefers a little salty more than a little sweet. And my favorite thing, honestly, is watching them with her while she yells insulting things at the screen. Like, she'll be like, please, that's ridiculous. Oh, there's the guy she's going to fall in love with. Oh, you hate him? Did he spill his coffee on you? You're getting married and having babies. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, that's great. That does sound fun. I would so, do that with Zoe, too. <laughs> We like, we do enjoy ones that have a bit more of a bite, maybe. I, I think we do t- tend to enjoy if there's a little, if you can combine like a murder mystery into oh, a Hallmark Christmas. Yeah. Because they have those cozy mysteries. We enjoy those. Um, but it is kind of like eating an entire pumpkin pie. Like at some point when you've watched a bunch of them, you start to feel like, whoa, you know, that is some overload. Like I am sugar overloaded, saccharine overloaded. Their lives play out in such happy bows. I can't relate. And I think as we touched on last week, this conversation today is about saying that part of what we love about Hallmark, how it can fill us up, is also part of the danger of how it can hold you hostage because it doesn't want to leave room for things that most of us are struggling with in the Christmas season and that Christ came to move into those spaces. So if there is in your family maybe divorce or separation or abuse or cancer or death or brokenness, even when Hallmark tries to touch on those things, it's doing it with such beautiful bokeh, you know, the lights (laughs) in the background, the fairy lights that are a little bit out of focus that still make it feel magical. But you listening, you know that there are nights where it is not magical. Like the story is so awful, you just want out. And uh, Hallmark doesn't really leave room 
for those emotions. And I know we're using Hallmark as a catch-all, which isn't fair to Hallmark, but right. you get what we're saying. It's right. a metaphor. Yeah. For that time of year where you might feel like your life is supposed to look one way, but in reality, it looks a very different way. And it can leave you feeling like lost in between, how do I fix myself? And I think what we're here to tell you is there's nothing you need to fix. Yeah. So, my version of this and this too is, I think, a metaphor. If it's not actually watching the Hallmark movies, my version is that every year at Christmas, I am hijacked or held hostage by this idea of how great it would be if I could finally figure out how to put up wreaths on every window at Maplehurst. Oh. <laughs> So especially on the front. So as we're here recording and I'm up in, in the little third floor room, that's my office. I'm looking out at these windows that, that look out the long driveway toward the street. And I'm already picturing it. Like I have a Hallmark movie <laughs> image in my mind that somehow, someday I would have wreaths on the outside of each of these windows. So if our holiday guests, you know, trundled down the driveway, Aww. they would see, you know, candles in every window and a wreath hung on every window. So every year I bring this up to Jonathan and every year it comes to a sort of decision point where basically he's asking me, do you want me to risk my life up on a ladder <laughs> on, on the third floor? There are three floors. Like this is not... This is not a one-story rancher where we could just pop outside and put the wreaths on. And how are they attached? And how are we even... Uh, yeah, the whole thing, he, he, he wisely and well and gently reminds me, is not possible without a great deal of expense, hassle, and taking <laughs> your life in your hands. And Lisa Joe, I still can't quite let go of the idea of how great it would be. <laughs> That's so that. funny. Do you? Well, I mean, so of course, Hallmark is going to solve this for you. There are companies who will come to True. your house. Oh my God. And do oh it for goodness. you. And oh, this now is you're the problem. Like, yeah, but that is the issue. Like, Anything you want, dream, or imagine that you should have because you've seen it in a magazine or an influencer post or mm -hmm. on Hallmark, mm -hmm. there's a service who will provide that for you. And I think that's part of what we're trying to figure out. Like, are there spaces that are good to leave blank, bare, empty? Are there walls that don't need decorating? And I don't just mean literally. Like, are there these empty spaces that don't need to be filled up simply because there is a service and there is an expense that we can pay doesn't mean we should. So I am curious about unpacking that further. And I have this conversation with our kids quite a bit where they'll talk about some YouTuber who earns X amount of money and has all these fancy cars. And then we have this conversation about, okay, but just because you have the money, does that mean you should have a garage full of whatever the latest car or motorcycle is? And I I think we don't often apply this to our own lives. We don't because we think, well, there's a service that provides that and I can afford it, so I should. I guess I'm going to sneak in here like the Christmas elf and mess around with some things and say, should we? Should we? Just though? because we could? Yeah. Should we? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's such a good question. And I think the thing you know, maybe when we're defending that impulse that we don't take into account is 
the price we do pay in inner, even if it's a service, even if we're just writing the check, there is a, there's a mental load, there is time, there's, there's money. There are some kind of resource that, that does put an obligation or, uh, you know, an accounting on us that it really does take up some of that room. It does. Even if we tell ourselves, no, I'm just writing the check. They'll come in and do it. It, 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 if there was an emptiness or if there was space, it is claiming some of that. So even if, let's just say, I found the service to come and put wreaths on every window at Maplehurst, and I convinced my husband that this would be a wise use of our Christmas budget, I would still need to liaise with that service and write the check and remind and call them up to tell them it's time to come take the wreaths down like that again i'm i'm speaking in metaphor but even that thing that feels easy that feels like a no brainer yeah let's just do it it's fun it will ask something of me and it will use up some time or some money and is it is that really <laughs> part of the story that i'm you know, we keep talking about like, what story are we telling in our lives and in our families and in our celebrating this season? Is that a part of the story? Is more, more, more a part of the story? And actually, maybe another way to look at it, Lisa Joe, is not even, is it bad or wrong to have this extra? But what are we actually missing out? Is there some gift, some blessing, some goodness in in the emptiness, in the space? So, It's kind of a metaphor again, but I recently found um, secondhand at a thrift store um, a a piece of art. It looks quite old and it's a drawing and it's not the original, but it's like a signed print. So it was really, it looked really special and it's such an interesting sort of black and white ink drawing and it's called, what is it called? It was called like the park or the playground. Needless to say, I brought it home. So next time you come visit, you can see it on the wall. (laughs) It didn't cost, you know, it was great to find it secondhand. Um, so it's a drawing of this, of, of, of a couple and their child at like a, a park and the child has a balloon. And it is like that, that pen and ink drawing that's very, um, lots of lines, you know, um, so that where the drawing is, it's lots of black and white lines really close together. And yet the artist made this decision, almost if you kind of curved an S across the middle of the paper, there's all this busyness in the drawing on the left side and on the right in the composition, it's just this wide open path through the park that the family are on and it's completely blank. There's no line. It's just the path is a, is a, is kind of a white, the whiteness of the paper and the contrast of that super busy, beautiful drawing with all of its complicated lines taking up exactly half the paper and then exactly half being this, emptiness um it's 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 balanced but it's so heavy on one side and so light and bright i just spent a long time looking at it thinking why did the artist do it this way it doesn't look balanced it's so obviously the one and the other and as much as my eye was drawn to the detail and the drawing on the left i found like my eye was really starting to be drawn just to the the blankness the 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 pale open nothingness on the right and i think maybe that that's the metaphor i'm thinking about is we're so focused on filling up filling up with the balloons and the couple and the lines and the trees and the flowers and everything going on over here that we we 
if if that's all we do, we might miss out. And I just thought, wow, the the restraint of the artist who can clearly render such magic with his pen or her pen to have the restraint to hold back and give half of that composition to just a beautiful nothing, a beautiful blank mm. was so powerful. Especially in this season of the year, I think one of my favorite verses when I think about Jesus has always been from Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, and it uses the word emptied. He talks about Jesus, who is God. He was the form of God, but he didn't count equality with God as something to be grasped onto. And verse 7 says, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. I've always been really shocked by that thought that he actually had to empty out of himself some kind of abundance that we don't have access to, his Godhead divine right of all authority. He let go of his place at the right hand of God. He emptied himself in order to come and make his home with us to, as the message describes it, he moved into the neighborhood. And it was almost as if to make room for the people, he had to empty out so that there's space. I don't, I don't know that divine equation, like exactly what was happening, But there's something to be said for the fact that Christmas, like his coming, actually required an act of emptying. And we live inside a culture that preaches the exact opposite message, that Christmas is a time of filling, that you must fill every surface of your home and every window of your calendar and every pocket of your time with meaningful, beautiful, shiny, photograph-worthy moments. And so if you don't have those and if you feel empty, you feel like an outsider looking in, which is such a lie because if you feel like an outsider full of emptiness, you are in fact at the very heart of what the first Christmas was. And so we have a society that lies to us all the time. And I think it goes back to the first in this series of conversations about how not to be held hostage this season We have a world that is at war against the narrative of Christ, and the narrative of Christ is coming and moving into our emptiness, and we only know we need Him if we feel empty. So, if we don't feel empty, we don't have a longing for Him to come and fill these empty spaces. And so, as much as you and I and our daughters might love a good Hallmark movie, and I'm certainly going to watch them with Zoe again this year, I hope, though, that even they act like a signpost reminding me when I have my eyes on every cluttered little corner of the kitchen that they're sitting in, eating their perfect breakfast, <laughs> that, <laughs> that emptiness, however, is part of the welcome of Christ and that I'm doing it right if I feel empty. Mm, that's so good. I'm really glad you thought of that scripture. Um, it reminds me of one of the you know favorite traditions that I've participated in many years, the past 10 years um, at my church. Um, so they were already doing it when I first moved here and joined this church 10 years ago is something they called an Advent quiet morning. And yeah, the idea was that it was on the calendar for the church. Um, some years it was like women's ministries just for women. Others it's, you know, they've kind of done it different ways. But the Advent Quiet Morning essentially would be, we have this beautiful little chapel, kind of the older part of our church. So it would take place there. 
and there would be not a long program. I mean, not more than half an hour. One year I spoke, gave a few remarks, and my friend's daughter played her harp, which was really lovely. So there'd be a little bit of a something, a, you know, prayer, certainly, and, and the group gathers in the chapel. But then it's on the calendar for like two hours, maybe three. I can't remember. Wow. And the bulk of the time was just you could be in the chapel or somewhere in the church. And the whole point is that you are taking this pause for just quiet. And you don't have to stay the whole time, you know, we just come and stay as long as you want. But it's intentionally just to take a Saturday morning out of the Advent season, just devoted to being quiet, to being in prayer, you know, um, having, you know, time in scripture, whatever that looks like for you, but being at the church. And I thought, how, how wonderful that is, because it's so counter to how the world does things that we have to like have schedule every moment. And, and, and unfortunately our churches, like we do that too, right? We're, we're programmatic and that's awesome. You know, we have parties for our teens and we have, you know, like there'll be other things my church does like, um, you know, a St. Nicholas day brunch for the kids and their families and an Advent wreath making time. And, you know, we, we do things like that and those are good, but to, to actually schedule the opposite, like to schedule, a, a space to just schedule a time for quiet and then to be able to do it together is is also really special um that it's not just something we have to pursue on our own but it's something that the community is saying let's do this together it's so important let's actually schedule this quiet morning so i'm already looking forward to doing that again and it feels like something other communities could do it feels like something just individually you could schedule for yourself or maybe like with a group of friends say hey let's do this and the point is that we're actually putting it on our calendar <laughs> you know those saturdays in December are precious, right? And they fill up so fast with shopping or Christmas concerts or, you know, my kids are in scouting. So this service project or selling Christmas trees and all the fun, good things. Um, but to actually put on our calendars kind of the opposite Hallmark moment, which is more like a beautiful blankness, a beautiful nothingness where we can we can follow that call in scripture to just be still and know that I am God. What season of the year would be more important to do that? And yet we're, I feel like, less inclined to do it this year than than at any other, unfortunately. I love that to just allow that sometimes there's blankness, there's quiet, and that's fine. I think especially as a young mom, I felt the pressure in such an overwhelming way to make meaningful memories all the time with my children. I find it ironic now that I'm sure they remember none of those things since they were toddlers, and it nearly killed me to do Christmas cookies with toddlers. If I could go back in time, I would not do that. I would not make decorations with them. I would not do <laughs> Advent readings with them. I mean, it was like torture trying to get through it, but I was so determined to have this meaningful memory I'd seen other people make. And I think what I'm here to tell you, friends, is don't feel like you have to hoard memories that you've seen other people have. Don't feel like you have to stuff them into your own family, especially if they don't fit. Like, it's enough sometimes to just have messy hot chocolate and mac and cheese for supper. Like, you don't, <laughs> it doesn't have to be perfect or pretty. There doesn't have to be a picture of it. 
part of making rooms sometimes is just letting yourself off the hook from making it perfect or having to document it or share it. I remember one of my favorite years was when I was off social media altogether for six months. And I remember thinking of it as naked Thanksgiving and naked <laughs> Christmas because there was no dress up. There was no pretense. There was no like, here's our fancy version of it. It wasn't documented. I wasn't trying to make it pretty in any way. We just were our full selves. And I wasn't looking at what anybody else was doing either. So in that way, it felt really pure and beautiful and satisfying. I think that's the other thing. Kind of like the difference between snacking all day and then eating a Thanksgiving meal and realizing, oh, I didn't really enjoy it because I'm sort of full versus having saved your appetite and then spending that whole appetite on the most delicious, satisfying, rich, good, healthy meal. That's our hope. I think Hallmark sometimes, the Hallmark experiences and what it stands for is like fun, sweet treats and snacking that leaves your appetite a little disappointed for the real thing. And so this is just our encouragement to you to leave room for the real thing. Don't feel like you have to live up to the expectations of shiny and more and glitter and twinkle lights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can well remember a few times where I've had friends over um, during December who have said to me, oh, are you going to get a Christmas tree? Well, the reason they say that is because it might be toward the middle of December and they come in my home and we don't yet have a Christmas tree. And the reason is, is that we really love a live Christmas tree. But if you cut a live Christmas tree down too early, you potentially will just have a massive fire hazard <laughs> in your yeah. house by December 26th. Um, and so we, we, it's so hard. It's like, you know, week after week, my kids will say, is it time? Is it time? And I'm looking at the calendar. I'm kind of counting the days. I'm also looking at the weather. And, you know, we have to like delay this, this gratification because we love bringing in that beautiful tree. And it does feel when the tree finally comes in and we decorate it, like, oh, yes, now Christmas is near. I mean, it's such a good thing. Um, and it is like, it's hard for me if I have friends over earlier in the month. Like, I want them to see all the Christmas beauty in my house. And when they say, are you going to get a tree? And I want to say, of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> but just because of, you know, how we do it um, and because we have the, you know, great local Christmas tree farm nearby, it it just requires this kind of waiting and this building of anticipation. And it isn't always easy. And I sometimes do think like, well, if we're going to have people over, maybe we should do it sooner. Like there is this kind of negotiating with myself. Um, but at the end of the day, just like waiting, you know, letting yourself be hungry before you eat that meal, like it is, it is worth it. And of course, again and again, I feel like this is probably our most like metaphorical <laughs> episode because we're speaking a metaphor. And yet, I will say this, like, even if these are metaphors, and they're going to look a little different for you, it is, it is somehow in the actual things we do or don't do that we leave space. So, you know, we are, we are bodies and spirits, and we are matter, and we are spirit. And so, I'm just going to put this out there. I don't think it works really well to say, oh, I'm going to leave room in a spiritual sense. But in my calendar and my activities and in my home and in everything else and in the money I spend, 
I'm going to more, 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 go, go, go. But really spiritually, I'm, I'm saving room. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. Like those things have to be integrated. You might actually find that unless you leave some space undecorated, some windows without wreaths on them, <laughs> that, yeah. that you spiritually, you can't create that room. Um, so it's not a one-to-one ratio. It's not one size fits all. It is just a, a discernment that, you know, that we do individually. We have different tolerance levels for activity, um, for visual, you know, clutter or things like we're all different. And yet these things are connected. So as much as you and I are speaking metaphorically and generally, we are also speaking, I think, quite concretely. And that there may be some of us who think, you know, this year there's some boxes labeled Christmas in the basement that I'm not going to bring up. Um, Or some things I've done every year at Thanksgiving um, or when I gather with family this time of year and we're going to let those go this year. That actually in the thing, doing less with things might be necessary to leave that room for that spaciousness for our spirits. Mm, That's a good word, Christy. I feel encouraged. And I hope these conversations are doing the same for you listeners, just encouraging you as you get ready for this, for this season that you would not feel disappointed or guilty, but instead you would embrace the room that you are leaving. Well done, you. Well done. (laughs) 